1: What makes up a Christian if you were to lay out the characteristics? Well, let's talk about that, next. Christian characteristics. You know, there are certain traits. Certain characteristics that will mark each and every one of us for who we are and what we actually believe in. For the Christian, there are some certain characteristics, certain traits that will be evident in our lives, and that's what we'll focus on here today on Times of Refreshing. Welcome to the broadcast. From the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, we would invite you to join us today as we take a look at the Christian characteristics. With today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, once again, our teacher and pastor now, Napoleon Kaufman.
2: Look at verses 12 on down to 17. And one of the things that that I'm big on is Christian character. And we're going to talk about this today. Christian characteristics. Okay, so when you and I are born again... Never forget that we are born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Jesus, his life becomes our life. His nature becomes our nature. The old us begins to die so the new us can live. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 12 on down to 17. This is big because it's one thing to respond to an altar call Commit your life to Christ, um, be baptized, uh, and, then there's, and then the other thing is for us to, from that point, to begin to grow. It's one thing to be converted, it's another thing to begin to grow in your conversion, to become more and more like Jesus. And for us, this isn't something that happens overnight. Look at your neighbor and tell them, it doesn't happen overnight, Okay, all of us have to go through this process with God, where God constantly is working on us. And I talk about this all the time because this is the problem with Christianity. People think, I gave my life to Christ, I I prayed, I I, I, got water baptized, I'm good. Jesus did not die to leave you the same. He died to change you from the inside out and to make you more and more like Him. And that every day, His character, His nature is being revealed. That means i got to give up the old me and embrace the new me. And when we make this transition in our lives, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes we're going to say, ouch. Sometimes we're going we're to lose friends. Sometimes we're going to lose our relationships because people want to go in a certain direction. I want to go in this direction, and we have to be okay with that, that, Lord, I am in the world, but I am not of the world. I am different, and and I'm okay with that, God. I may not be the, the one everybody likes on my job. I may not be the the one everyone wants to go over to celebrate Christmas at my house because there's things that they want to do, things I don't want to do. And I have to be okay with that. And because I am born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, His nature is being formed. His nature is being developed and something is happening in me that people will begin to recognize Apostle Paul, speaking to the church of Colossae, we see very clearly here when you read his epistles, he was very big on character, development, development becoming more like Jesus. Not just church attendance, not just giving my, my money in the offering bucket, not just, you know, serving in the church. But am I becoming, are you becoming more and more like him? That was Apostle Paul's the. The crux of his message was transformation, become more like him, not just punching our ticket. Can I have an amen? And so he says this here. He says, therefore, as the elect of God, look at verse 12. He says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy, he says, beloved, he says, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness. Long suffering. He says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. He says, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which Also, you were called in one body and be thankful. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts. He says to the Lord and whatever you do, somebody say, whatever you do, he says, and whatever you do in word or deed. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, he says, through him. Verses 12 and 13 are great because I think that from a relational standpoint, if we're going to, as men and women of God, if we're going to establish relationships, maintain relationships, these are character, we're going to see in these verses character qualities that we have to grab a hold on of and, and not let go. He says here in verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, he says, and long suffering. He says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. He says, so you must do. He says tender mercies. This word tender mercy is tied to compassion. There's people that are in our lives that are in the church. There's people that are in our lives that are, that are not in the church. And we can never allow self-righteousness to get a hold of our heart that we forget that we were once in their situation and in their condition. We have to also always be mindful that when you're looking at people that are not saved and when you're looking at your brothers and sisters in Christ, no one in this room is perfect. Every room, everyone in this room needs tender mercies. They need compassion. Now, let me say this. It doesn't mean tender mercies and compassions doesn't mean that you just put up and tolerate with with mess all the time. Can I have an Amen. Now, and let me say this, I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this, you know, oftentimes, people feel as if they're being attacked when they're being corrected. Just because you're being corrected doesn't mean you're being attacked. You know, we start using, it's a shame that we've taken this word bully and attack and we've we we've, we've so perverted it that it doesn't have the sting that it once had because anytime you even try to just try to correct a person you're bullying me no i'm telling you you need to stop that's not bullying that's the, that's saying you 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 can't do that you know and so what happens is for all of us we want to have tender mercies towards people we want to have compassion want to have understanding. But on the flip side, we also have to be people that are willing to be corrected and understand just because you're being corrected does not mean that you're being attacked. It just means that, hey, no one in this room is perfect. We all need to change. So let's help each other a little bit. Can I have an amen? But having tender mercies is important. It's important for all of us as saints and it's the character of Christ. Jesus looked at people that were in a tough situation and he helped them get out of their condition and situation. He saw their need. He looked beyond their faults and saw their need. He brought them to the place of understanding in in, in regards to their condition. And all of us need this in our lives. Every single one of us has blind spots. We need tender mercies. We need... God, we need people. We need people to come alongside of us and we need God ultimately to help us to overcome in those areas. And we all have to be able to see the rough edges and say, how can I help this person with their rough edges without bringing condemnation, without being in a position where we feel like we're better than somebody else? It's just a matter of, hey, you help me, I'm going to help you. Can I have an amen, y'all? This is what we need in life, tender mercies. We need that level of compassion to do things with compassion, with a passion, that we are passionate about people, we see their condition, and we're willing to help them. And Apostle Paul is laying this out. He says, put on tender mercies. Then he says, kindness. I talk about this all the time. Some of the meanest people you'll meet is Christians, They're not kind at all. And I've met some. And I tell you, I've said this all the time, but some of them are mean as a snake. And then they'll try to give you a track. And then we will want to lay hands on you and everything else. Kindness. Now, kindness doesn't mean, now listen to me, saints, that kindness doesn't mean that you're always, you know, you're going to come off, you know, real soft and everything, you know. I'm not, that's not what the definition of kindness from a Greek standpoint is all about. And for us, we want to be individuals that know that, 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 uh, that when it comes to kindness, it is a strength That is an action, and let me say this, let me say this about kindness. And I say this all the time to you, kindness is revealed by a person giving an individual what they need when they need it the way that they need it. And sometimes that's telling a person, telling the person a tough thing, but doing it in such a way that the person doesn't feel like you feel like you're better than them. We have to learn to be kind as we go through life. It doesn't mean that we're weak. We're going to get to meekness here. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness doesn't mean I just let people just walk over me. Jesus was meek. He was kind. But he whipped the people out of the temple. He understood the balance. He understood clearly what needed to be done when it needed to be done the way it needed to be done. Kindness. We all learn to be kind to people. You go to the bathroom. Get out of my way. I'm trying to get up in here. Somebody take your parking spot. Your name is not on the parking spot at the church. See, some of y'all right now, y'all thinking like, "Uh uh-huh. We don't want to be that. We want to be kind. Somebody take your spot, pocket spot. Go find another one. Can I have an amen, y'all? These are things that on your job, we want to learn to be kind to people. When you come in a job, be kind. Don't come in, Lord, you still got me here. I hate all these people up in here. If y'all wasn't paying me, I'd be out of here right now. I don't like none of y'all anyway. And so, people, you're not kind. Give me that. Give me your pen. I need that. You know, know, we just, no kindness. And we have to learn that if we're going to grow and mature the way Jesus is asking us to grow, kindness is a part of this. And we got to learn, saints, to smile at people. I've been talking about this the last month. Because Christian, we got to start smiling and laughing and having some joy. Smile at people on your job. Can I have an amen, y'all? We come to work all mean and mad at everybody. We don't smile. I mean, we smile. When you come into church, smile. Man, I'm happy to be here, happy to see y'all. A lot of times people aren't smiling. You know why they're not, they're not kind? It's because they're not happy with themselves. Make it right with God. Let God, and then get some joy in you. Being a Christian doesn't mean you're, you're real deep and, 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 and you're quiet and you don't talk to anybody. Can I have an amen, y'all? We got to learn that, hey, listen, I don't know about you, but I'm going to have some fun on my way to heaven. I'm going to laugh. If you come to the office during the week, I'm in there. I'm, I'm having fun. I'm, I'm doing all kinds of stuff to the staff. I'm having fun. You know, it's just because, listen, life is full of enough mess. Can I have an amen, y'all? Enough junk, enough stuff that we got to deal with and pressure. Be kind. Be kind. And a lot of times in our kindness, God will begin to give us more favor and God will begin to open doors for us and and he'll bless us openly. He says kindness. He says humility. We have to learn that God, God will, if we humble ourselves, God will exalt us in due time. If you want to be, if you want to go high, you got to first go down. We got to learn to be individuals that are humble. Stop saying nobody's going to tell me what to do. God will always send people in your life to tell you what to do while he's telling you what to do. And it's okay to have people. We have to learn to be humble. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be the first one to speak. You don't have to be the the one on the stage. You don't have to be the the, the greatest thing. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I want more grace on my life. Can I have an amen, y'all? I'm feeling this right now. I want to have more grace on my life. I want grace to overtake me. I want grace to overcome me. I want grace to overtake this church, every person under the sound of my voice. But there's no way God is going to exalt us if we are not humble. That we don't have to be the one to speak up first in the meeting. I don't have to be the one that's, you know. And and God has a way of taking you and hiding you in his quiver. Until he knows your character is ready to pull you out so he can shoot you out into something great for his glory. We have to learn that as men and women of God, the humility is a strength. That I am completely and utterly dependent upon God. I need God in my life. And I will respond to God's delegated authority in my life. Because I know that all power comes from God. And all authority comes from God. I'm willing to submit to that. And God use us. Because God is looking for humble people. See that's the problem. The devil he got got lifted up with pride. The devil was beautiful. He was, Satan was created with all kinds of pipes and instruments. He was a walking instrument. He was beautiful. He was splendid. He was chief. He had it all. And he, and he was right there, right before God. And he got so enamored with himself then instead of appreciating the position that God had placed him in, he started looking at God's position. And he got iniquity and pride was found in his heart. And he started getting lifted up within himself. And God ran him out. And it's the same thing. The devil does the same thing to us all the time. He doesn't get us, he doesn't want us to value humility. Humility doesn't mean you're a walkover and you're just a a doormat to people. But humility recognizes where your you recognize where your strength comes from. That I'm a dependent person. We we've taught our kids to to not to value to not value humility and dependency. You need to be independent. There's a there's a there's an aspect of independence that's healthy, but then there's an aspect, if we're not watchful, that's dangerous. Amen. That's right. Amen. That man, I'm that I'm dependent upon God. God has placed people in my life that that I will that I'm connected to. I'm not gonna cut off my connection with my parents and cut off my connection with my friends, cut off my connection with my church, cut off my because I think I'm somebody now. I want when I and I was talking to you guys about this a a while ago and I've been processing this as I'm as I'm getting ready to write this book and I'm working on this book is that God is a generational God. Let me share this with you. God is a generational God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So he thinks generationally God does. We have to stop thinking that we're somebody just because we made ourselves somebody. There are people that went before you that prepared the way for where you're at right now in your life. Can I have an amen? And I want my kids, me and my wife were talking about this the other day. I want my kids to always remember that, hey, if daddy can do something to help position you so that you can have a better life, then then be thankful, be grateful, celebrate that, rejoice in that. Be grateful, man. My dad or my mom—they—they—they they, they position me. My mom, she prayed for me. My mom, she blessed me. That whatever blessing that they bring into your life, be grateful. Stop trying to cut it off. I'm gonna make a name for myself. No, the name on the back of your jersey is Kaufman, and it's always gonna be Kaufman. So be grateful. Can I have it? Amen. Can I have it? Amen, y'all. Be grateful for the people that helped to position you there. It's a sign of humility. It's a sign of humility that, man, I can rejoice in the people who went before me. He says, humility, meekness. We talked about this. Meekness is not weakness. It's strength under control. Long-suffering. He says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Verse 13, I love this because now he's talking about how to manage the relationships on a deeper level. For all of us, we have to learn how to bear with one another. Long-suffering. Bearing with one another. Because why? Because we're a part of this great big family called the church. And there's things that people in the family They're going to do to get on your last nerve. (laughs) We have to learn to bear with one another. That there's times that, man, I'm tired of this person right now. They're getting on my last nerve, man. Were you going to go to church? Yeah, I'm going. What if you see them? I'm going to hug them. But aren't they getting on you? Don't you say you're mad at them? Yeah, I'm mad at them, man. But, you know, I love them. It's, it's all good. I know God just brought them off the street and they tripping still. But I'm, 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 I got some problems, too. Can I have an amen? So God's working on me. God's working on them. But we're going to work on it. We're going to watch God work on this thing together. And we're going to make it right. Don't you wish all Christians would do that? That's not what happens. What happens is, well I'm not talking to them and they're not talking to me. And you know what? I'm not even going to church today cuz I don't even want to see them because of this that and that. Da, da, da. And the devil sits back and he laughs. He sits back and he laughs. Because we don't learn how we haven't learned how to bear with one another. That God's working on them, God's working on me. Let's work through this process. God's going to perfect us. He says here, bearing with one another. He says, and forgiving one another. This is, a, this is Christian character. This is the lifestyle of a Christian. that I'm going to bear with you. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to bear with you forever. But it does mean I'm going to bear with you. Amen. And I'm going to forgive you. Forgiveness is not about a feeling. It's a decision. And there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. Now, I can forgive you, but it doesn't mean I'm going to trust you. you got to earn that one. I'm not going to put the knife back in your hand after you stabbed me. But I did forgive you for stabbing me. Stabbing me. And so what happens is since we have to learn how to forgive people and let it go, well, at the same time, the person has to work on reestablishing trust in the relationship, which is totally fine. But the issue here is, am I willing to forgive? And if anyone has a complaint against another, even if Christ forgave you, so you must, he says, must also do. There's going to be complaints. There's going to be complaints. But there's going to be forgiveness. There's going to be forgiveness. That's the mindset that we have to develop as saints of God, that I don't care what anyone says. I am going to forgive people. I will not allow the devil to clog up my heart and my relationship with God because I'm harboring unforgiveness towards somebody. Can I have an amen in this church? We have to be individuals that, that love to forgive, are willing to forgive, and go through the process with individuals bearing with one another.
1: Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 945-945.